Don't judge me for what I'm about to ask you to do. Come inside, please. What are you about it does to not ask matter. me to do? It doesn't matter. What? That. That's why you called me in here? Yeah, look at it. I'm looking. No, look at it. Uh, it looks like a bug yeah. trapped under a glass. I googled that bug. It's some sort of demonic cricket that takes chunks out of your skin when provoked. Chunks is the word that Google used. <laughs> you Googled a bug. Yeah, I have a thing about bugs with milky exoskeletons. I have this irrational fear they're going to crawl into my mouth and nest at night. So. <laughs> so what do you want me to do? Kill it? No, I think I just need moral support while I slip a piece of paper under the glass with the bug and take the trapped bug and walk it outside. Or we could just kill it. No, that's not the way to go. Oh, oh my god! It's fleeing! Oh, this is fast. It's fleeing into the bathroom! That's why you use the cup method, because you keep it contained. Now it's just all out. Well, I guess I don't even need to be here. Well, it's hot. Now it's hiding somewhere in the darkness, waiting for nightfall. I, 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 can't, I can't sleep here. I can't sleep here. Not with your mouth open, anyway. That's not a nice thing to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul. I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. At least, I don't think crickets bite. I've never been bitten by one. I don't think Uh, they do. Yeah. Well, maybe they can, but, I mean, I've never been bitten by anybody. (laughs) talking about crickets today yes Yes, we are i can't really do a cricket chirp can you do one i I, my friend john connell in high school we we nicknamed him cricket because he could do a perfect cricket noise and i don't know how he did it but i and i have for 40 years tried to replicate that and i cannot do it i tried uh there was a country singer in the 70s who could do it really you remember him I no, don't, don't remember his name. I would have looked it up if I would have thought about it before now, but somebody in the Varmanian chat room can <laughs> probably tell us about it. Yes, let us know. I can't remember his name. If you think about it, just blurt it out during the show. I will, but I, okay. I, I don't remember. All right. Well, here's some news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman. Some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. So when I'm putting my end of the show together, I always try to find a uh, news story that kind of goes along with the the animal that we're talking about. And uh, so I was digging around trying to find a news story about crickets. Couldn't really find anything because when you put crickets into the news, you get a lot of news articles about the sport of cricket. Yeah, I had to put an insect. Cricket. Yeah, so insect. did I. So when I was preparing the show, the one news article that came up was about something that happened on the Real Housewives of Dallas. Um, and I, I, I hate reality TV. So I'm just gonna sum. I'm gonna I'm gonna sum it up for you. Um, one of the housewives had a pizza party with the other housewives, and they all made their own pizzas. That they, and they didn't order in. They made their own pizzas. And when the toppings were shown. To the women, this housewife said, I really just want this group of women to expand their culinary palate, blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of a competition, too, to see who had the best pizza. So 
basically what happened is this housewife put crickets on her pizza and then didn't tell anybody until after they had eaten it. And so, of course, one of the women got sick and everybody was unhappy and it was a lot of dramatic music and overreacting because it's reality TV. Um, so, yeah, that happened. And I guess the, the moral of that story is don't do stuff to people's food and then tell them after the fact. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't, don't do sneaky things to people's food and then tell them. And like I said, I wasn't really thrilled about going with this news story. <laughs> I just don't like reality TV. Right. But and, we have lots of Varminians who probably watch that show, so... Yes, if you if you like The Real Housewives of Dallas, um, I'm glad you like that. I'm glad it brings you happiness in your life, and that's what happened on that show. But, here's some good news. Um, on Twitter, at Tim is outside, he said, Anytime your podcast mentions not to eat something, I am reminded of his Canadian childhood earworm. So, at Tim is outside... Thank you for uh, rescuing the new segment. And here is his Canadian childhood earworm. You ready? Yes. I have to figure out how to work this into the show, too. It's a PSA, so I'm pretty sure we're allowed to use it. If you see something that you want to eat before you do anything, remember this song. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. <laughs> Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Ick. Real quick. Ick. Real sick. Real ick. Don't you put it in your mouth. Uh-uh. Tell you ask someone you love. That's right, sis. If it's okay to eat. If it's okay to eat. Like a muffin or a like a muffin or a beach. If you don't know just what it is, remember, boys and girls, don't put it in your mouth. Hey, what am I doing? I don't even like beets. Then don't put it in your mouth. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> so thank you, at Tim is outside on Twitter. We appreciate that. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you're from Canada, we probably got a, a little song in your head that's not going to go away for days so you're welcome it's cute it's a cute little song sure. little video had like puppets dancing around and stuff it was nice <laughs> don't you put it in your mouth dude <laughs> well reminder everybody go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode we are also on twitter and on instagram at at varmints podcast all one word and we are at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, suggestions. We have a Pinterest board that is run by a wonderful Varminion. You can go over there and uh, just put varmints into the search engine. And also at Redbubble for our merchandise. Put var varmints into the search engine and you will find our show. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere that podcasts are found. And word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow so let's go and bounce around and learn about crickets hey 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 let's go get educated on some animals let's i know you that. wanna <laughs> i definitely want to <laughs> We are talking about crickets today. 
There are 900 species of leaping insects called crickets around the world. And they are in the same order as locusts and grasshoppers, ortho, orthoptera. Um, grasshoppers are for sure going to get their own episode. Locusts might be a good solo episode for one of us. Crickets can be found on every continent around the world where it's relatively warm. So at latitudes 55 degrees or higher, you're not going to see them because it's just too cold for, for a cricket. They are a pretty standard insecty looking insect. So they have the antenna, the cylindrical bodies, the long hind legs. Uh, they have feet that are optimized for jumping and wings for flight and for making noise, which is what they are kind of best known for. Yep. Crickets can grow to be only a few millimeters long to up to two inches or five centimeters long in the case of the bull cricket. It's a big cricket. <laughs> Most crickets are going to be either tan or kind of a brownish black color. Although with 900 species, there's going to be some outliers here or there. So there's a cricket called the yellow and red cricket. Um, you can guess what color those are. They're very <laughs> brilliant looking. And there's a cricket called the king cricket. It's all black, but it has these bright red stripes on its legs. And it looks, it looks like somebody, it looks like a heavy metal musician from the 1980s designed a cricket. It's really amazing looking. <laughs> Overall, it's really the grasshoppers that get all the cool colors and not the crickets so much, but they are still a, a beautiful little insect. Hey, we have field crickets here in Colorado, and they're the little black ones. Yeah. I think those are those are my favorite, probably because I grew up with them, but they're, they're cute. so cute. Yeah. yeah. Male and female crickets are just called male and female crickets. Female crickets lay eggs that have been fertilized by males, and those eggs hatch, and the young crickets are either larvae or nymphs before they become adults. And a group of crickets is called a swarm. Normally, this is the part of the show where I will tell you where the word cricket comes from, but stay tuned because I'm going to leave that to our regret this week. So hang out until the end of the show to find out. Sounds great. So we're talking about crickets chirping, and I think it's pretty clear. I think most people know that they chirp to attract a mate. But they may not know exactly how that's done. So crickets sing at night and they sing to attract a mate. And you probably know how it sounds. Go ahead and play the sound. So that is called stridulation. And it is the sound made by rubbing one body part across another. And it's, a, it's a, the same way that a musician produces sounds on a violin. So what happens is that in the inside of their wings, near the thorax, near the neck, there is a, one wing has something called the file and the other has the scraper. And so when he rubs his wings together, it makes that little brrp, brrp sound. Brrp, 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 brrp. And it's really neat. <laughs> That's so cool. Yes. So they have different songs. They have female calling songs to attract the females. And then once the female is in sight, he will switch from that song to his courtship song. So he starts singing, If any ladies are available, I'm available too. If you want to make some cricket babies, come and see me. And then so he sees the female and he's like, and then he switches to like, uh, something romantic. He's like, hello there. 
Hello, Lady Cricket. Treat, 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 a treat. I like you so much, you know. So, <laughs> and then, you know, if she likes him, then they make cricket babies. But they also sing a song called the Rivalry Song, which is directed at rival males infringing on his territory. And it basically says, don't you come on in here because this is my area. And don't you do it. And it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so... It was much more complicated than I ever imagined. I just remember sitting and listening to crickets. And I still do, in of, of course, in the summertime. So, Sure. Growing up, we all... Even here in uh, Aurora, we have... And even in Denver, downtown Denver, there are crickets everywhere. So I was really surprised when I lived in England for a while, when I was a very young 20-something that I was sitting outside in Manchester on a summer night and there were no cricket sounds and I felt really lonely. I couldn't figure out why why it was seemed so empty the night. Aww. And they don't they just don't have them there. And Aww. I looked up whether they have them in England. They do, but they are um, on the verge of extinction in most of England and only really found in the south and probably not in um, urban and suburban areas, maybe just the country. If anybody knows who has lived and been in those parts of the country on a summer night, let me know. I don't remember ever being in, uh, noticing it in London. Um, but definitely in Manchester, it was like, definitely felt super empty to not have that cricket sound on a warm summer night. It was wow. very strange for a hmm. while. <laughs> <laughs> you have them in Florida though, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So really the way they make their sound is not unlike when you have a comb and you rub your thumb up against the comb, the, the mm -hmm. little forks on the comb. Yep. I don't know what those things are called. Forks? Little, the little, uh, the little tines. The little tines on the, on the comb. Yeah, I think so. Burp. Yep. Cool. It's really cool. What kind of crickets do you have in Florida? We have mole crickets. Oh, yeah. mole cricket? They're not What's the cutest that? cricket in the world. No? Um. No, not really. <laughs> They're kind of <laughs> brown and weird looking, but they make lovely cricket noises, and there's a lot of them, and they're kind of big. They're, like, big for a cricket. I'm going to look them up. Yep. They don't bite. They're not poisonous. They're just like food them. for birds. Sure. Peel and eat shrimp of the bird kingdom. <laughs> oh, that yep. is an unusual looking cricket. That's that's kind of weird. That is a yeah, weird well, looking little bug, but they're kind of cool, though. Yep. Well, Florida. <laughs> I love they have their big, those big, huge um, feet on the front. Yeah, big old chonky feet. I like their chonky feet. <laughs> I mean, they're weird looking, but that doesn't matter. They're really cool. <laughs> awesome. Really neat, man. Well, I'm going to talk about hearing. Hearing is a pretty wonderful, intricate, delicate little system that we have and that you should be very kind to it because Donna and I spent our youth blasting loud music into our ears with Walkmans, and now we're paying the price. That's right. On you and me and most animals, the ears are generally located on the sides or the tops of the head. Cricket's ears, there's four of them, and they're on their front legs just below their knees. And they're very, very, very tiny, just a fraction of a millimeter long, and they actually work in much the same way that your ears are working right now. So briefly, the way your ears are working is that right now the sound waves from my voice are being gathered by your outer ear and then sent down into the ear canal. 
and they are collected by your tympanic membranes or your eardrums, the eardrums vibrate. That sets three tiny little bones into motion. The motion of those bones causes the fluid in your inner ear to move. That's called impedance conversion, by the way. Hair cells in the inner ear bend and convert the motion of that fluid into electrical pulses, which are sent to the brain through the nervous system and then interpreted as sound. So it's air becoming motion, becoming liquid motion, becoming electric electrical signals. It's pretty fascinating. That is really cool. Crickets also have very tiny eardrums, and they capture sound in much the same way that ours do. This is where crickets kind of differ. They have a special organ called a tympanal plate. And what that does is that picks up the vibrations from the eardrum and it sends them into another special organ called the auditory vessel. The auditory vessel is a small sort of liquid-filled tube. So I mentioned impedance conversion. That's when mechanical motion turns into uh, liquid motion. And so that's where a cricket's impedance conversion happens. The liquid moves, the nervous system responds to it, and that's how a cricket hears. And they're so, in their knees? They're in their knees. They're in their legs, in the front of their legs. That is crazy. Yeah. So compared to us, crickets have tiny little ears, tiny little ear parts, fewer ear parts. So that means we have better hearing, right? No, not necessarily. <laughs> no. <laughs> A cricket's eardrums have a lot more surface area than their tympanic plates. So what that means is that there's a ton of vibration that's being condensed into a small plate, which means amplification. So crickets hear sounds ranging in frequency from 2 to 100 kilohertz. Humans can detect sounds in a frequency range from about 20 hertz, or which is like 2 hundredths of 1 kilohertz to 20 kilohertz. They, they have a much greater range of hearing than we do. Right. Um, you're not sneaking up on a cricket. Um, <laughs> no way. And like you were talking about, this helps them find mates. It helps them to hear the activity of bats and birds, which snack on these guys by the millions. And they can feel sound in their entire bodies. Wow. So they're extremely sensitive to sound. Like, we're... We hear a group of crickets and they all sound the same. They hear a group of crickets and they can pick out individual crickets. Yeah, I'm sure they. It's, that sounds completely reasonable from what I've observed from them just watching them. So, yep, makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So if you're a kid or an adult, and you know you're even if you have perfect hearing, your hearing already isn't as good as a, as a cricket. So <laughs> it might be fun to blast loud music into your ears. Some music is made to be listened to very, very loudly, but be nice to your ears because once your hearing gets damaged, it doesn't really recover and it's annoying and frustrating, uh, not just for you, but for the people that you live with. And you're going to wind up with hearing aids and it's just really not worth it. And that's your PSA for this episode. (laughs) My old doctor called it Generation X Early Hearing Loss Syndrome. I believe it. We talked about this before. We we are the generation that grew up with Walkmans, and the first thing you did when you got a Walkman was put it on your head and then just crank the volume up as loud as you could. At three o'clock in the morning, riding your bicycle down the middle of Main Street. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. As fast as you can. <laughs> Take care of your hearing. Yes. Do it. 
I think kids are better about it now. Cause I, think I should they, hope so. I think they know that it's not safe. You should ask your kids if they, if their generation is kind of aware of sound safety with their headphones and stuff. I might do that. They, they, they don't listen to music as loudly as I did. Like, yeah. I listened to music where you could hear it, like, if you were standing 10 feet away, you could hear the music that was going directly into my ears. It was not good. The IUCN does keep track of crickets. Most crickets are listed as of least concern, meaning that there's a ton of them, or data deficient, meaning that we just don't know enough about them to determine how they're doing. But there are several crickets that are listed as endangered or critically endangered. And the vast majority of crickets live on grasslands or shrublands. When those get converted to crops and farms, that pushes them out. That and right. then they wind up using pesticides and, and fertilizer on those crops and farms. And that hurts them too. So they are yeah. actually a lot of them in trouble. I'd like to ask Dr. Seth if he knows anything about urban crickets. Because they certainly, the little field cricket seems perfectly comfortable in cities. And Ooh. seems to be able to find plenty to eat. Um, we certainly don't have any problem having them here, but I don't know about places like, you know, I was in the summer in Chicago and they definitely had some chirping critters, but I didn't know what they were. And Chicago is a really big city. And so you would think, um, that there might not be enough to eat or whatever, but there's certainly bugs. There's certainly chirpy animals there. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I don't know why, uh, or what, or whatever. Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll ask Dr. Seth to come on for a little sort of extra, like a bonus yeah. talk about crickets and city insects and see what he knows. Urban crickets. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about crickets in pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after I thank the Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much for funding our show. You help us um, pay for hosting. You help us to do a whole bunch of fun little additional things for you and uh, we do appreciate it all of you thank you um if you want to join uh for as little as a dollar a month and you get extras for just a dollar a month all kinds of fun little extras you can go to patreon.com slash varmints yes thank you very much Well, this here's Animal Rancher and Expert at Large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild, but so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. Okay, well, speaking of urban crickets, what I'm going to talk about today is exactly that. Um, I'm going to talk about a book. It's called The Cricket in Times Square. And this is a children's book that I read when I was a little child. And it was published in 1960, written by George Selden, and illustrated by Garth Williams. And it won the Newbery Honor in 1961 for children's fiction. The author, the story is about uh, a cricket from Connecticut who's called Chester who gets caught on a train for New York and ends up in Times Square. And it's a f story that features a young man called Mario Bellini, and he helps his parents run a newsstand in New York City. He finds Chester and takes him into the newsstand, and he wants to keep him as a pet and for good luck. 
And then Chester meets Tucker Mouse and Harry Cat, who spend their time scrounging in the city for food and other throwaway items. And they continue on and have adventures together in this book and others. They were also in Tucker's Countryside, Harry Cat's Pet Puppy, Chester's Cricket Pigeon Ride, uh, Chester Cricket's Pigeon Ride, I mean, Ch Chester Cricket's New Home, Harry Kitten and Tucker Mouse, and then The Old Meadow. And he also has a whole bunch of other children's stories uh, with different, different characters. But these stories are so sweet and fun. In 1973, Chuck Jones wrote and directed a short animated version of The Cricket in Times Square, and it had Mel Blanc as the voice of Tucker Mouse and Paul. Les Tremaine as the voices of Chester Cricket, Harry Cat, Papa Bellini, and Mr. Smedley, and June Foray as Mama Bellini, and Carrie McLean as Mario. And it aired on ABC on April 24th, 1973. And I don't know if I watched it at that time because I was four, but I certainly saw it in reruns as I was growing up. Uh, do you remember this at all? I, I don't remember it at all. Oh, like, no, this one completely got past me. Yep, there were two sequels, animated sequels, that Jones also did, A Very Merry Cricket and A Yankee Doodle Cricket in 1975. So, pretty interesting. So here's a little quote from the movie. Hey, you. Hey, you up there. Who? Me? Yes, you. Psst. What do you mean when you say, psst? May I ask who you are? Who am I? How do you like that? I'm a mouse, of course. Tucker R. Mouse, to be exact. The question is, however, who are you? Me? Why, I'm a cricket. <clears throat> of course. Chester C. Cricket. At your service, sir. You know, uh, it's funny. I, um, I, I've never seen a cricket before tonight. I've seen mice before, but only country mice. Connecticut mice, to be exact. Connecticut? Let's see, uh, I ate part of a geography book once. And that's in New England, isn't it? Yes, and I'm afraid I'll never see Connecticut again. Sure you will. Uh, uh, all you have to do is remember how you got here and then do it backwards. It's all so confusing. Doctor, look out, a cat! Oh, no, a cat! <laughs> that's when he meets Harry the cat. Oh, it's so cute. What a cute little... I was trying to figure out if I could give you a recommendation of where to watch it. And I ended up going ahead and purchasing it on Amazon. Um, you can purchase it. It's a little 20, 23 minute or so show. You can pur purchase it on Amazon for like $4. That's nothing. So They were like, you can rent it for three ninety nine or purchase it for four ninety nine. <laughs> I was like, a dollar <laughs> more and I'll just own it? Okay. Sure. Fine. I'll just, you know, show it to little kids when they come over and they'll go, wow, animation in the 70s was weird. Because it is, <laughs> you know, Chuck Jones. It's, it's some, oh, yeah. Uh, they, they have a very distinctive style in Chuck Jones movies and just a lot of still images flashed together in montages and things. It's, it's really <laughs> interesting. So, I mean, it is it's proper animation, but if you've ever seen a Chuck Jones animation, you know what I'm talking about. There's always a montage of still images and music and and stuff like that so extremely fun extremely little, little fun part of my childhood the cricket in times square that's awesome i i asked uh, curtis my boyfriend do you want me to talk about jiminy cricket or the cricket in times square and he goes 
Well, I haven't heard of the Cricket in Times Square, so that's the one I want to talk about. So, to any <laughs> Gemini Cricket fans out there, we we apologize, but that that was the reason that we went without choice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't choose Gemini Cricket either. So, sorry. He's really super famous. I think most people probably know who he is. Maybe yeah. not little kids, but if not, then introduce him to your kids by watching Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio, yeah, exactly. No, this week I picked the band The Crickets. Yeah. The Crickets were an extremely influential rock and roll band, and you might have never heard of them, but they inspired people that you may have heard of, like Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. The Beatles even named themselves, uh, they were inspired by the Crickets. And Paul McCartney even said that if it wasn't for the Crickets, there wouldn't be any Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yep. You may also have never heard of them because they are very seldom ever referred to as the Crickets. That's right. Yeah, their music is always attributed to the lead singer and guitarist, Buddy Holly. That's right. Yeah, he formed the band in 1957 with his bassist, Joe Maudlin, and drummer, Jerry Allison. I I had hoped that they made a song about an animal of some sort, but they didn't, so this is one of their biggest hits. All of my love, all of my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy. So that was Oh Boy, or part of that song. My gosh, I just touched apart some brain cells in my childhood that hadn't been hadn't <laughs> been activated for year, decades, literally decades. I was sitting here singing along, bouncing in my chair. Buddy Holly was huge in my family because oh, my really? parents were huge fans of, and are, they're, they're still around. My parents are huge fans of Buddy Holly, so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was Oh Boy. They had a bunch of other hit singles, and they were on the Ed Sullivan Show. They were on American Bandstand. And uh, all that happened in just one year. Like, Mm -hmm. all the popularity happened in one year, and then Buddy Holly left. Uh, He was going to go work on some other projects in New York City. And uh, unfortunately, he died in a plane crash, along with two other singers. After that happened, the Crickets went on to release records until the early 90s. In 2003, they released an album called Crickets and Their Buddies with a lot of people you've heard of, like John Prine and Eric Clapton and Waylon Jennings. Yep. Buddy Holly himself was inducted into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. In 2012, a special committee was formed because somebody evidently somewhere said, hey, you know, Buddy Holly had those great songs with the crickets, so maybe we ought to induct them too. So they did. (laughs) Duh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 26 years later, the Crickets and Buddies performed their last show in 2016 with the two founding members, plus a few extra guitarists and keyboards players and and singers. And that was it. 
Uh, Joe Maudlin had already died in 2015, and Jerry Allison died later that year. Right. The Buddy Holly story was a movie that came out in 1978. Jerry Allison and Joe Maudlin's names were changed to Jesse Charles and Ray Bob Simmons to avoid any lawsuits from another film production that was based on Buddy Holly's story. Huh. The band did not approve of the film at all. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Allison in particular was portrayed as a vulgar, racist alcoholic. And so, of course, he he took issue with that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a bummer to research because they're a good band that just kind of like lived and died with Buddy Holly. And even though they were still working, they just were not... They didn't really have any hit singles. They, they, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just kind of ignored them for 26 years. Yep. It's actually kind of, to me, it's kind of a sad story, but still, like, it's good music. Yeah. Well, it is a, a story that happens a lot in the music industry, so, yep. you know. It's, it happens. You get your, your main guy gets famous, or main lady, and then nobody, uh, like, think of Blondie and Debbie Harry, nobody cares about the band, right? They care about Debbie Harry. Well, the band is Blondie, not... <laughs> right? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing all over. It just keeps happening all the time. So. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that? Well... I think I are- I already know your answer, I think. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I think you already know my answer. Yeah, you will eat it, right? Yeah. Uh, I knew it. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm tr- I can't remember if what I ate on the live stream for The Cure was crickets or grasshoppers. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah. There is, you know, there's, there's a movement. I don't know if we call it a movement, but there is kind of a push to get people to eat more insect protein because there's trillion crickets and they actually sell cricket flour ground up into flour now that now if it's like that i've heard that there are like different insect things that are ground into a powder so it's just protein so you just add it to things or whatever yeah and that to me is more acceptable so i might actually try something like that and it it wouldn't bother me too much i think maybe (laughs) It depends. There's a mealworm powder that I'm like, okay, it's made of worms. So <laughs> I don't know if I can get past that. Oh, I just had an idea. Hmm. What if I got some cricket flour and made some cookies with the cricket flour and put it on our, our YouTube channel for the, the Patreon people? Okay. Cricket I could cookies. do it too. Yeah, you can I do could, it too. I could be on it for just that one time. Sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, we're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I got to get some cricket flour. We'll use the same recipe. We'll get some cricket flour and we'll make some cookies. That sounds good. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, I'm less, not all that excited, but I'm willing to do it. So. I'm excited. <laughs> if I'm not all that into it, I can always make some uh, dog-friendly cookies and give them to them because they won't care. <laughs> They're like, what? I would just eat a cricket if I had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> my dog would definitely eat a cricket everything's in the dog food box oh absolutely <laughs> are you eating it can i have some 
<laughs> Why aren't you eating this? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> if I'm sure if my dog were out in the backyard and I wanted her to come in and I grabbed a cricket and said, I got a treat for you. Come on in, Nisha. She would come she, a running and eat that like, cricket lum, for lum, sure. Lum, lum, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> Is your brain a repository of useless information? Well, let's help everyone win that next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Just like every living thing, crickets have a lot of chemical reactions going on inside of them, and those chemical reactions allow teeny little muscles that contract uh, which moves the wings, which produces chirping noises, like Donna explained. Because they're insects, crickets are cold-blooded, and they take on the temperature of their surroundings, and that affects the speed at which these little muscle contractions occur. There's a mathematical formula called the Arrhenius equation that describes the activation energy required to make these little muscle reactions occur. As the temperature rises, it becomes easier for the cricket to reach a certain activation energy, and that makes it chirp faster. And then the opposite happens when the temperature drops. The reaction rates slow down, and the chirping slows down. It's an easy formula. I'll try to remember to include it in the show notes. And it's a nice little project for your kids if they're homeschooled or distance learning, or a little thing to do if you're just bored. You're going to want to live in an area where there are plenty of crickets, and at the right time of year. The outdoor temperature has to be between 55 and 100 degrees Fahrenheit, or 12 to 38 degrees Celsius. Evening is ideal. You're going to need a stopwatch, uh, a calculator, or something to write on, and a thermometer. And this is great to do, by the way, with a mobile phone or a tablet, because everything you need is built into that device. So here's what you do. Try to pick out the chirping sound of one single cricket. Count how many chirps the cricket makes in 14 seconds. Do this two more times, and then average the number of chirps in those 14-second intervals. Add 40 to that number, and that's your outdoor temperature. You can check it against a thermometer or the weather app in your phone. Now, there's a ton of other variables that you can't really control for, like how close the cricket is to things like a, maybe cold soil or a warm roadway or building. That can affect its body temperature, but you should be within about five degrees. So fun little project. Uh, if you try it out, let us know how it goes. Yeah, we want to hear your cricket science. <laughs> You're doing science. 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 <laughs> that is really cool. That sounds like a fun little activity to do with your kids as well for homeschool stu study in science during the COVIDs. Yeah, you know? absolutely. A lot of people are doing that right now. So I was going to talk about just this one additional thing. There are cricket swarms that happen every once in a while. In 2019, there was there were cricket swarms in Texas. And it was because they had a really cool summer, cool, nice, nice, mellow summer. And there ended up being a lot of water, a lot of precipitation. So... Uh, this is in central Texas, including Austin and San Antonio. Really cool wet um, summer in 2019, so there was a lot to eat. So there were lots and lots and lots of crickets. And if you look at some of the pictures, I mean, there that's what a cricket swarm looks like. 
and it is crazy. Like this wall of this restaurant is just completely covered with these little black oh crickets. Oh my goodness. And people are very upset about it. Holy cow. A, a restaurant had to close because there were too many crickets. Oh no. Look at some of these pictures. It's crazy. And it doesn't last forever, obviously. It's just for a couple of weeks, but that is insane. Wow. Yep. So if you have a cricket area and and you have a an especially those especially right conditions, you could get um, swarms of crickets. Which wow. they don't really do anything, they just get everywhere. So, you know, I mean, they get squished because people drive over them and, you know, they hop on people because you're in the environment and they don't recognize that you're not a thing to hop on. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, whatever, it's a thing in my environment. I'm hopping on it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they hop all over the place and climb all over the place and they just go completely bananas. So... <laughs> Those are really funny. That's awesome. I mean, it's I'm sure it's weird to experience. I've never experienced it myself, but I have experienced like tiny frogs doing the same thing. So it's a little strange, I think, but maybe not. I mean, some people have said revolting, but I'm not sure I would think it was revolting. I think I would just be like, wow, that's a lot of crickets. Oh, no, I'm squishing them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, little crickets, I don't want to squish you. Hurry up and finish your party. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll put a link in the show notes to that, to the newspaper article in the Star Telegram that I referenced. There's several different uh, news articles you could look at to look at this. And it, and it has happened before. It happened in 2015 and probably a lot of other times, too. So it's a fun little phenomenon you can look up on the Internet yourself and really enjoy to learn about crickets or to admire crickets. Look at all those crickets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> admire the crickets. I admire yeah. crickets. Yes. <laughs> They're neat. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. We do really appreciate it. Our podcast is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo. Our bed music is by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the very talented Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Josh Hallmark, and Stacy and Frosty, Christine, she might eat some cricket cookies. Yeah. Maybe not, but I think I'm going to send her some cricket cookies. Now it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger who wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at, at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your little Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. Who do we have this week? Today we have Aubrey. Aubrey has a couple of things to say about crickets. I actually have two clips to play you, so this is the first one. Hey, Paul and Donna, do you think a team of crickets would make a good cricket team? <laughs> I don't see why not. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Is that a sport? <laughs> I don't know anything about cricket. Sports. Cricket is that sport where they have the paddle, like, and there's... Yeah, I, I know what it is. I'm, I'm being self-deprecating because oh, I'm sorry. so dumb about sports. <laughs> I just am. I don't, I don't know. I do know what I liked cricket when I was um, living in England and, and uh, married to an English guy at the time because uh, he was a big sports nut. So he used to jump up and make a lot of noise every time a sports thing happened that was good. <laughs> and when he was watching cricket, it would only happen every few hours. So 
I, yeah. Yeah, I liked it for that reason. But yeah. I don't know if crickets could play cricket. I mean, they don't have hands. They can't <laughs> hold the bat and they can't, you know. I have a free game on my phone called Cricket. And uh, it is basically a little cricket with a, a cricket bat or cricket paddle. I don't know what you call it. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, you just... you you. It's a bat. Yeah, you just hit things with the bat and it's really quite boring. Um, <laughs> I almost talked about the sport for my pop culture thing, and I honestly I could not understand the sport and well enough to explain it to everybody else. So, um, well, if you want me to get somebody to explain it to you, I have a I have a friend who's cricket nut, so maybe I can interview him and we'll do it as a little bonus between him and Doctor Seth. Uh, yeah, maybe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right an, that would be a fun little uh patreon bonus i think yeah so what is cricket about anyway <laughs> all right as i uh promised here is aubrey explaining where the word cricket comes from yes did you know crickets were named for the sound they think the word cricket comes from an old french word named cricket and refers to the cricket song, people once thought that those repeated chirps sound like cricket, cricket, cricket. She's absolutely right. And, they, and that's what they do sound like, too, so. They do. Makes sense to me. <laughs> so, thanks, Aubrey. Yeah, that was really cool, Aubrey. Thank you. Thank very, you for both cool. of those things. That was fun. Yep. Hey, thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time. Be nice to animals. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.